man, we've been on the ski mask tips, and then Mike T ran out with the ski mask. When we played the Eagles, and them boys got the ski mask on the next week, so just a little something. Hello and welcome back to Coming Up Winners. Ladies and gentlemen, I am your host, Jason McIntyre, here on a rainy Monday in Los Angeles. Rain in the forecast all week, but... Andrew Lynch joining me as always. It's better weather than they're expecting for the AFC Championship game in Kansas City on Sunday. Mr. Lynch, how are you this fine, dreary morning? I'm kind of glad that there's water everywhere because, J-Mac, I had my own personal battle of Waterloo this weekend. Got a little historic uh, perspective here. But yeah, I had a Napoleon Bonaparte kind of weekend. Felt really good coming into it and then went 0-4. Oh! First win. Winless uh, week of the season. Um, it, it was great a, time to have yeah. it. So send me to St. Helena. I'm I'm done. I'm uh, I'm in exile forever now. Very strange weekend, was it not? I mean, in terms of football, the public cleaned up Wild Card Weekend. Underdogs four and zero. And if you listen back to Thursday's podcast. I think we kind of hinted that there could be value on the favorites. I think I said markets maybe tend to efficiency, and it was one of those where maybe there was some value on the Chiefs. And the Patriots, uh, I actually, like a moron, took the uh, Chargers uh, with the points and the Cowboys with the points. I only went one and three uh, against the spread, but I was saved by the four-team money line home favorites parlay. I have to do a nice little victory lap for that. But overall, Lynch, these playoff games in the NFL, the markets are so tight. I think we're seeing why the professionals stay on the sidelines. Absolutely. And to that point... You know, I'm not a big fan of hedging during the regular season if you see a lot of movement. But for instance, that Colts-Chiefs game, which opened at five, five and a half, and in a lot of books was at four by the time of kickoff. So we gave out the Chiefs at plus five and a half on Thursday's podcast. I took Kansas City minus four uh, over the weekend just to kind of hedge a little bit. I'm glad I did because, again, 0-4 in the podcast picks, but managed to soften the blow a little bit by getting some value on the Chiefs. Yeah. But again, to your point, we say it a lot, and I, I hate saying it because it sounds like just kind of like you're punting a little bit. Betting on the playoffs is really, really yeah. difficult. If you are a value better, you're not going to find a lot of value here, in my opinion. Um, that said, man, did the dogs come back to earth in the in the divisional round. But I do want to say, Lynch, hey, listen, 0 for 4, whatever. But you were the guy I was thinking of as we're watching the dominant teams all season. You've been saying this, an elite offense. Go back, folks, and listen. Whether it was week three, week five, week seven, Lynch was hammering this home. Every week, the elite teams versus anyone else, they were dominating, and who dominated this weekend? The elite teams. Listen, I thought... And it was a little recency bias. In December, we saw defenses really step up. And that was really the stumbling block. Again, it it hurts when you have a read like that and you are right and you go against it. Like, I li- I'm sitting here talking with my eyes closed because yes. I literally am in pain knowing that we had this read all season long and then a little four or five-week sprint really made us lose focus on yeah. that because defenses did round into form in the latter half of the season. But... It's one of those things where, you know, a little bit of regression doesn't mean that the trend is going away completely. To your point, real quick, put some numbers to this. Obviously, I think most people know it's the top four scoring offenses that are still left in the playoffs. But let's get into some advanced numbers even. It's three of the top four offenses in weighted DVOA. So it's not just teams that manage to put up a lot of points regardless of the process. These are teams.
teams that were dominant play in, play out. And the Saints, who are the team outside of that uh, top four right now, they're seventh in weighted offense DVOA and second for the entire season. So again, another elite, elite offense. And yeah, I'm kicking myself this morning, but at the same time, we say it all the time, trust the process. And on that level, you're right. I do feel good about the process to this point. I just didn't take my own advice. Again, we're learning. This is our first season doing the podcast. And Lynch, I will have to say, this has been a great learning experience. I'm I'm happy with how the season's gone. We crushed it in the regular season, and now we're seeing in the playoffs. Don't trust that small sample size of December, maybe even after Thanksgiving Trust the full body of work. I'm even looking specifically here. Football outsiders, passing offenses, Chiefs are one. Chargers are two. They're eliminated. Saints three, Patriots four, Rams five. Like, passing off it. This is a league now. You got to be able to pass. And uh, it's funny, producer Conrad mentioned, man, Jared Goff didn't even have 200 yards passing. Doesn't matter when you've got two running backs going over 100 yards. All right, we're going to recap all four games, see what we can take out of those and apply it to the championship weekend. Let's start Eagles-Saints, the uh, the late game Sunday, great game on Fox. Um, Eagles jump out to a 14-0 lead. I break into hives. I'm sweating. My kids are, what's going on? 14-0? And then after that, you know, there was some shenanigans that went on. There was a fumble by Drew Brees, if you remember that. And I think it was Brandon Graham, maybe, of the Eagles' defensive end, who could have picked, he tried to pick it up, and then he lost it. If he had just falls on that football, Eagles take over. Of course, uh, Saints had to punt. Nick Foles throws a pick, and the game is totally changed. Of course, Saints fake punt. They come back and win. You kind of got to, they survived a bit, right? Alshon Jeffrey had a pass in the red zone, go through his hands, picked off, ball game. The only favorite that I took this week, and of course it was the underdog that made me sweat (laughs) everything out the most. No, here's the thing. I think, you know, we saw it in the first quarter, first half. It's like, oh, here's those those magical eagles. You know, they're going to come in, knock off the Saints. I really think that game was more about Drew Brees' horrendous first quarter. Like, if Drew Brees doesn't have that bad first quarter where he has two fumbles, the sack, that that weird aborted snap, like, I think mm. the Saints come out here and they probably roll the Eagles. His and, first pass was like two yards underthrown and picked off. First play of the game. Right down the middle, right? Yeah. And then after that, uh, I believe he was... Uh, something like 11 of 12 for like 160 yards to that zone in the field. So really awkward first quarter for the Saints. I fully felt like the Saints were going to come back in that game. I, not to the point that I made a, a live bet on the money line, which I probably should have. Should have yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it really did feel like the Saints had a pretty good defensive approach to the Eagles once they got outside of you know giving the ball up and getting the Eagles some solid field position early couple interesting stats. After being down 14-0, the Saints gave up less than 100 yards in the final three quarters. That's staggering. The Eagles, I, I looked this up, the Eagles did not have a drive after being up 14-0 more than 20 yards until the final drive of the game. They essentially did nothing. Now, I, I don't know if that's a combination of maybe them wearing down fifth road game in six weeks, or maybe Doug Peterson took his foot off the gas a bit, went a little conservative. I will, I, I'm going to jump in here real quick because that is absolutely what it was. Okay. You, we, you just mentioned you have to be able to pass the football to win a championship in the NFL in 2019. Nick Foles did not throw a single pass in the New Orleans red zone. Not wow. one. That's pretty staggering. Informa- I mean, I, I didn't realize it was that bad. And uh, listen, if you look at the overall stats – 
First downs, 25-15 Saints. Total plays, 71-47. to Yards, 420-250. to I mean, it was, uh, you know, the whole game the Saints dominated, but it felt close because of that clunky start. Remember, Breeze sat out week 17. Kamara sat out. Offense kind of sluggish. First two drives. Kamara didn't have a touch. They're down 14-0. Uh, but the Saints prevail. Now, the one huge injury, Sheldon Rankins, defensive lineman star, they think it's an Achilles, but yeah, I don't think he's going to go in the NFC title game. That's a big loss, given what we saw Saturday night and the Rams' run game. We'll get to that shortly. Um, but the Saints win and advance. Drew Brees gets a home game in the Dome. Remember, and we'll dive deeper into the game Thursday, the Saints haven't lost a home playoff game since 1992. I don't know if producer Conrad was born uh, at that point, but th- this is a team at home. They're now favored by three and a half. We will touch on that uh, briefly later on, but Saints prevail over the Eagles. Probably the best game of the weekend. Really quickly, before we move on, who is your betting favorite to be the quarterback for the Philadelphia Eagles next year? You think it's Foles? Foles, or do you think it's Wentz? I'm going to have to look back at this injury, see how serious it is, the recovery time. But Wentz was not ready at the beginning of this season. Foles started. Ooh, that's a great question. I'm going to go Nick Foles. Interesting. I think, I think he's going to stick around. I don't think Foles leaves. I know we could do, we could debate an entire podcast to the Nick Foles situation in Philly. When I look at it, he's set up for success there. The familiarity with Doug Peterson and their system uh, in Philadelphia. I don't know that he would want the pressure of, say, going to a Jacksonville, going to Miami, uprooting your family, having a whole new system, a new coach, and new teammates. I don't know that that's worth $15 million to Nick Foles. Now, Joe Bob listening to this is like, Jason, you're crazy. Who's turning down all that money? Well, you know what? Nick Foles nearly quit football a few years ago. This guy's back. He can live in Philly. He can be the savior. As soon as Carson Wentz fails, you know the fans love him. Nobody's blaming Foles for this loss. I'll go Foles as the starter week one as they ease Wentz back in. Your guess would be? think it's Wentz because they lost this game. And I don't think that's necessarily a good process, but I do genuinely think that this past weekend was a tipping point. I think that they'll try to mm. move Foles. But I, okay. I, so you think it's less about the injury. I was thinking more about the injury. I the do. Recovery. I also... Listen, back, is it's he, re- he got back surgery? Is uh, that what it was? I legitimately do not know. Okay. Um, right. But I will say it's it's a lot closer than I think people are giving Wentz credit for. You know, Foles finished this season with 6.7 net yards per attempt uh, as the starter. And Foles, he's, I mean, he's right at 6.65, 6.7 the last two seasons. So I'm not sure the numbers really back up that there's a major difference between these two guys. So maybe those... Those other considerations that you're bringing up really do push the Eagles to keep Foles. I'm glad I don't have to make this decision. Okay, so according to Adam Schefter, uh, December 13th, a fractured back, no surgery. Again, back injuries, you don't want to rush back from that. I mean, there's just no point. This is a young quarterback who's looking at a massive payday in a couple years. Uh, Again, I would go Foles simply because I don't think they're going to rush Wentz back. But if you're Carson Wentz now... (laughs) How bad do you want to get back in the saddle? Eagles are a fascinating situation. Listen, Darren Sproles is old. Jason Peters, a lot of injuries. I believe he's 36. Um, this team is going to, Golden Tate, probably going to hit free agency. 
Interesting stuff. In Phil- you want to chime in, Conrad? You look like you're chomping at no, the No, I just don't know how you can pay a backup quarterback $20 million guaranteed. That's I, a fair I, question. And then you don't start him. I mean, because there's other players you have to pay to go forward. I yeah. mean, I think as of right now, Michael Bennett has one year left. I think this is his last year in free agency. Chris Long is going to be a there free agent. There you go. And then Golden Tate, he's a free agent too. Like, how much are you willing to lose to yeah. keep Nick Foles? It's a great question, but if they don't have Foles, I'm going to go ahead and say that I don't think Nate Sudfeld gets them to the playoff. Is he beating the Rams in L.A.? Is he beating the Texans at home? I, I just don't know that... <sighs> Tough decision. Howie Roseman will have to watch the Eagles closely. And we will talk about them in the offseason. We'll be doing this podcast. A lot of other gambling podcasts take off. We will not. Next up, Chargers Patriots. Uh, Lynch, I know Ugh. you can't wait to talk about this game. Can't I? This was over in the first six minutes? The first drive. Like, legitimately. I, I don't mean to exaggerate. But the Patriots go and they score that opening touchdown. And I was like, oh, I lost this bet. Like I like I 100% felt in my bones, in my soul. I mean, I'm a ginger, so I don't necessarily have a soul. But if I did, <laughs> I would have felt in my soul that it was like, oh, there's, there's no way. Because I had, I didn't even just take the Chargers to cover. I took the Chargers money line. Yeah. So I was just like, oh, if this is the Chargers defense that they're going to run, Tom Brady is going to have a field day. And he, I mean, he got, everyone signed the permission slip. He was on the bus. He had a field day. Yeah. It was great. <laughs> I don't know where to start here. Eight straight trip to the AFC title game for the Patriots. Uh, we championed Anthony Lynn last week for the game plan. He and Gus Bradley against the Ravens. And uh, what were they cooking up back there? I, I don't understand. Like, no blitzing. They thought Ingram and Bosa could do it. Those guys didn't sniff Brady. Zero sacks. Patriots scored 41 points. Brady had one TD passing. Gronk, one target. One catch. I mean, this was an embarrassing performance from the Chargers. Um, where do you go from here if you're the Patriots? Like, everybody knew that the Patriots do not have the same quality team they've had the last, I don't know, seven, eight years. And they just crushed, absolutely eviscerated the Chargers. I mean, can they go into Kansas City and win, Lynch? Oh, yeah, absolutely they can. I mean, it's, you know, Bill Belichick versus Andy Reid. That's that's going to be fun. But real quick, you know, shout out to Andy Reid. I think, you know, we'll get to this. But yeah. he, he had a far better coaching uh, weekend than I would have expected. I mean, the really shocking thing to me is is that Patriots offensive game plan. Like, they they came out and it's they were ready for the Chargers. Hey, they were ready for everything. I, according to Football Outsiders, the average depth of – uh, target on Tom Brady's 44 throws was three yards beyond the line of scrimmage. We knew that was James coming. James White, 15 catches for 100 yards. That's that's <laughs> fewer than seven yards per catch. Like You knew it was coming, dinked though. Dinked and dunked their way to an absolute domination. Um, are they going to be able to do that against the Chiefs? I, why not? Chief, the only reason I would say why not is because the way this Chiefs defense has looked at home in the latter half of the season. And I know Nick Wright was all over that on Twitter, just talking about how this is a far different Chiefs defense at home. And even in weighted DVOA, which I overlooked, that was just a giant mistake on my part. They were 17th in defense coming into this weekend. Like, the Chiefs have really started to play better. And that 17th masks how well they've been playing lately because they were 32nd for so long. All right, so let's put... Let's challenge that a little. Let's do it. Oakland, week 17, 35-3. We won't say anything. Lost to the Chargers, 29-28. Now, that was that was a game they had in hand, 28-14, with about six minutes left, and then they gagged it away. But 
uh, Baltimore ran all over this Chiefs defense. Uh, in a game Baltimore should have won, uh, Ravens had uh, 194 yards on the ground. Sony Michelle had just had a buck 29 and three TDs against the Chargers. I don't. I, are they stopping Sony Michelle? Are they stopping Julian Edelman? I mean, the Patriots had 500 yards, 30 first downs. They can change their identity. Hey, man, we don't need Josh Gordon. Throwing the ball down the field, that's overrated. Let me just hit Julian Edelman for a 9 for 151 against Desmond King, who was the second best pro football focused cornerback, according to the numbers. There was that stat right before halftime where the Patriots had more first downs than the Chiefs had total plays. Oh, and I was, or, excuse me, than the Chargers had total plays. And I was just like, ah, yeah, okay. I No, I listen, I we'll get to this in a minute. I'm leaning toward the favorites in the championship games. But I, I don't know if I can bet against Tom Brady in the postseason again, even on the road. It's one of those games where they held the ball for 38 minutes. You fast forward that to the AFC title game, why won't they try the same damn thing? Now, the weather is supposed to be 8 or 9 degrees. I looked it up. A possible high of 16 the day before, next Saturday, or this coming Saturday. They're expecting snow all day. So Sunday is going to be an ice box in Kansas City, I, it's too early for me to make a pick here. Uh, Producer Conrad noted this. Melvin Gordon, who came out for warm-ups with two knee braces on. Guy's like 25 years old wearing two knee braces. You're like, gosh. Nine carries, 15 yards, total non-factor. Ingram and Bosa just did nothing. Um, I'm just excited that Icebox from Little Giants is going to be there. That's what I just heard. (laughs) All right, a couple trends, because I know you guys love trends. Tom Brady, 6-2 and straight up versus Andy Reid. But three and five against the spread versus Andy Reid. Now, that's in his career. Reid, of course, was in Philly. Brady one and three against the spread versus Reid when he's been in Kansas City. So Brady's beaten Reid, but not always covering. Now, this one, read into it what you want. Tom It'd Brady. be really tough for him to beat the Chiefs and not cover in this one, given that they're three point underdogs. Tom Brady in Arrowhead for his career. Three touchdowns, six interceptions. Now, if memory serves, it was like three years ago, there was a Monday night game. Patriots got annihilated. Remember, it was like week four, and there were questions after the game. Is Tom Brady going to be your starter going forward? Do you guys remember this game? And Belichick was just like, what are you guys talking about? Yes, Tom Brady's our starter. Do you you guys don't remember this? Uh, It sounds like that was a hot take that you had. No, no, I swear. I will look it up here while you chime in on the Chiefs. No Eric Berry this past weekend. In the first meeting, when they lost 43-40 in New England, they did not have Justin Houston. Your thoughts on the Chiefs' defense, because I assume that's probably where the game's going to be won. Yeah, absolutely. And I... I just don't know what it is that I saw this weekend because that Charger or they, that Chiefs front seven looked like what I was expecting the Cowboys front seven to look like. They were just getting after the quarterback. And if that's the pressure that they're going to be able to bring against Tom Brady, especially at home, I like the Chiefs to cover pretty yeah. easily Ooh. at three there. But that's it's a Monday. Big, that's it's a Monday. Very, and that is a very, very big if. Like I, That's what I'm going to have to try to figure out okay. is do I think the Chiefs are going to be able to get pressure against one of the best offensive lines, not just this season, but historically no, in the NFL. So just so I know I'm not crazy, uh, September 2014. It was Monday Night Football. Chiefs 41, Patriots 14. The Chiefs actually led that game 27-0 to in the third quarter. Somebody named, well, not somebody named, Niles Davis. Remember him? 107 yeah, uh, yards. Uh, 
<laughs> no, Niall Davis, I'm sorry. Jamal Charles, 92 yards on the ground. But that was the game where Brady was benched late. Jimmy Garoppolo came in, 6 of 7, 70 yards and a touchdown. And there were questions about who the starter should be. The Patriots at the time were 2-2. Two and two. And I can't believe you guys forgot this. I just remember it as a gambler. I think I had the Patriots that night, of course, because I always bet on the dumb Patriots. Uh, Brandon LaFell had a big game for New England, but um, that was in Arrowhead. And um, listen, I know Patriots fans listening are like, Jason, you want the dynasty to end? Because yes, I said that very strongly on the herd Friday. Hey, we all take our medicine, you know? I do want the dynasty to end. I'm not shy about that. I'm sick of this. I'm sick of the Patriots. Dynasty. I can't stand them. And I know the guy who runs podcasts, or he's high up the ladder, Neil Foley. He's a big Patriots guy. Oh, so we're naming him this week. Yeah, we'll just name him this week. He's not in the room. I don't mind. Um, I'm just sick of the Patriots. I I, I don't want to see them in the Super Bowl. Patriots fans, I love you. I am sorry that I've picked against you so often this season and said some not-so-nice things. I'm not sick of your dynasty. Please keep it up. Please don't yell at me. That's a reverse jinx on Monday. 100%. Conrad, any thoughts? Patriots... Chiefs, are you sick of the Patriots? Are you sick of Julian Edelman dancing on people? No, not really, just because of the fashion that they go about doing it. I mean, if you could take this offense they have and implement it to any offense of your favorite team, you would love it. To be able to just to watch you slowly but surely work on a defense time after time. time I mean, how many times time. did the Patriots get the third down and then just get a little two-yard dink pass to James White, another first down, keep the chains moving, keep that defense on the field? That's why I think this game is going to be a lot closer than last week. The Colts offensively just tried doing too much Marlon Mack, which I thought was going to be – well, it, it was <laughs> true. Mack. They couldn't get him going. They couldn't get a first down. By the end of the first half, the game was over. And to what Lynch said too, just like in the Patriots game, both AFC games were over with after the first possession in my eyes. I know that sounds cliche because no, I know right. I, I know what the final score was, but just watching how easily the Patriots came and scored the first possession, same with the Chiefs, how easily they scored. It was like – Neither one of these teams can keep up with these teams. I try. I make a conscious effort not to overreact to these things because I think it's so easy. But I legitimately, just to say it one more time, felt like both of those games and both of those bets were over when the favorites marched down for those opening touchdowns. No doubt about it. All right, quick word because, listen, we like to dive into X's and O's sometimes. They're part of the gambling uh, you know, formula that goes into it. When I look at Bob Sutton, the Chiefs defensive coordinator, okay, this guy spent over a decade with the Jets. He's familiar with Belichick. He's familiar with Brady. I mean, Bob Sutton's with the Jets defensively from 2000 to 2012. He's gotten stomped out by Brady and Belichick many times. If you want to look at the linebackers who may be matched up with uh, James White, Mr. 15 Catches, uh, Reggie Ragland. You guys remember him? Alabama stud. He's everywhere. He's very good. I like D. Ford coming off the edge. If you can get Justin Houston healthy and D. Ford, and they could do better than Ingram and uh, Bosa, who did nothing, maybe they've got a tiny shot, but goodness great. I it's tough for me here on a Monday to say, oh, I like the Chiefs for sure. But we'll see. It's early. We will get to the Thursday podcast. All right. Let's proceed to Saturday night's events. Now, I was celebrating a birthday dinner. Uh, I did not watch. I DVR'd the game. Uh, I saw the first quarter at home. Then I came home and watched it. And uh, yeah, I, I don't know, Lynch. I'll let you go first. I, I don't want to crush the Cowboys, 
Um, but this came down to another top 10 defense, rushing specifically. As we'll get to the Colts, they were also top 10. And they got shredded. Like, I don't, where was Van Der Esch? Where was uh, Jalen Smith? The run defense for the Cowboys was an embarrassment. Shout out to my large adult son, CJ Anderson, who had himself a heck of a game and showed out for all of us husky gentlemen out there. You're no, not listen. husky anymore. Well, man. whatever. This is really tough because Jason Garrett did a lot to impress me in this game. I liked how aggressive the Cowboys were in going for it on fourth down. And not just that, but the way they approached third down, knowing they were going to go for it on fourth down, I think that's really key as well. But there were two decisions by the Cowboys coaching staff that I just can't forgive. Mm, here we go. One is taking Van Der Esch out and putting Sean Lee in. I... I've heard, you know, producer Conrad was sharing some of the discussion uh, from the NFL on Fox uh, hosts who were talking about Sean Lee is a better tackler. Uh, and I, I totally get that, especially when the Rams are running the ball as much as they did. But to my uninformed eye, it really looks like Van Der Esch is just the better player at that point. So I felt like they made a mistake in not having him on the field. I think he's one of their most important defensive players at this point, even as a rookie. Was there an injury? Not I don't that recall. I, know of. Yeah. I, th I, I think it was just a tactical decision that backfired. And again, I listen, I'll sit here and criticize coaches. I'm not going to pretend I don't. But I always try to do it with a grain of salt because they have information that I don't have and I never could have. That said, I just don't understand that coaching decision, assuming that there wasn't an injury. And then the other one, and this is how desperate I was this weekend, but Jason Garrett, you got to go for two there on that last touchdown. Oh, we should it's talk about this. It's the most okay. misunderstood situation in the NFL. If you're down 15 and you score that first touchdown, you have to go for two there. Okay, a oh, timeout, timeout. A lot of people talked about that on social media. What is your explanation? Because I'm assuming they say better to know, okay, you're down eight. You only need one score. Then if you miss that two, then you're down nine. Is it over with, I don't know how much time was left, but it talk us And that's it. exactly it. When you, It is simply that if you go for two on the first touchdown, you give yourself more than one way to win the game. You now know what you're up against. If you kick the extra point there, which is also, just ask Adam Vinatieri, not a guarantee. You're not, especially now that the NFL has pushed back the point after attempt, there's no guarantee you're going to get that one point. But even if you do... Now you have one way to win the football game. You have to go down, get that touchdown, and that two-point conversion. You're giving yourself more options, and the expected value is slightly higher if you go for two first. Okay, but wait. Let's say you go for two and miss. Then you need to convert two onside kicks? Yeah, but I mean, it's going to be the same as if you kick the extra point and then go for two and miss. Like you're still going to have to recover the onside kick in a in a, an even more dire situation. It's about having as much information as possible as quickly as possible. Interesting, because this this is a huge divide between like the numbers guys, which you are, and basically everyone else. <sighs> I, it, again, I'm trying to break through that wall, but to me, I thought it was an, uh, the right decision. I, you know, and again, I, I need to look at the numbers, but I personally would have onside kicked down eight with the three timeouts. But then you say, well, that's stupid because if they don't go for it, they just pin you deep. You got no timeouts, so you go in 90 yards uh, with with uh, no timeouts. That's not happening. Um, but you're saying Jason Garrett botched that. It's it's a mistake, and honestly, I don't. I haven't ran the simulations often enough to know how much of a mistake is it is. And it's not. 
it's a it's a mistake. It's not an egregious mistake. I mean, at the end of the day, you're not going to win that game very often in either direction. But going for it, going for two first gives you the best chance of making that okay. comeback. So we'll go back. I want to push back a little bit prior to that. The fourth and one call to start the fourth quarter down eight. And they run a dive of Ezekiel Elliott into the middle where they had done nothing up the middle all game long. Sue and uh, Donald dominated that game. Here's a number. The Cowboys, and this, this is a shot at Garrett, ran 10 times on first down for a total of 15 yards. That was Seattle Seahawks-esque, was it not? Lynch, that was Brian Schottenheimer-like. Uh, unbelievably bad decision. And producer Conrad before the podcast made a good point. Right before that, on a fourth down play, they ran like a college pitch to Zeke around the end, and it worked. You've got a mobile quarterback, okay? You've got a center who's a backup because uh, Travis Frederick's been out all season. And you're going against two awesome defensive tackles. It was just a bad call. Um, what about the um, the decision on the goal line by McVay to go for the TD over the field goal? You, I, any thoughts on that? I'm all for it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. You, you know me. Like yeah. more aggression, more aggression. Just go for it on fourth down. And like I said, it, it's not just about going for it on fourth down. When you have that mentality, it opens up your playbook on third mm-hmm. down and even second down in those red zone situations. So it just changes the way that you look at the game. And I, this is a very basic thing, and it happens on Twitter all the time. Just ask yourself if you are a if you're a Cowboys fan in that situation. What don't you want the Rams to do? You don't want them to go for the touchdown. And that, to me, is the biggest indication of what the smart play is. Yeah, uh, that's a good good call. So Rams advance. There were some doubters in this room on the uh, Rams. Myself, uh, I thought the Cowboys had a legitimate chance. It's one of those games where, I, you know, you want to play the blame game, right? Like, who do you blame for this? And I, I don't know. Conrad, does anyone jump out at you in terms of blame? Like, Cooper had an okay game. He was awesome on the touchdown. Um uh, it's a little disappointing that that highly paid offensive line could only muster 47 yards for Zeke. I mean, you said it before I could. It was that whole entire offensive line going with Zeke. I mean, Zeke averaged 2.7 yards oh. a carry on 20 carries. I, the Cowboys are not going to win games like that. And I, honestly, I don't think you're going to get a better performance out of Dak Prescott either. Is there any quarterback this year that made themselves more money than Dak Prescott has over the past two weeks? Tyler I mean, Murray. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Kyler Murray decision day, baby. But like you mentioned before, why not go outside the numbers when you're talking about Zeke going out? That's where he's had some like momentum in this game, getting that fourth down conversion. When they got stopped there, it kind of seemed like this was the turning point of the game. We're like, this is over now. And when when McVay went for the touchdown, a lot of people in the studio upstairs were like, why not kick the field goal? Go up by 11. Safe. They, well, well that, that leads, uh, Conrad, great point, to uh, a quote McVay said after the game. Attack and success, never fear or failure. And that's the mentality that Sean Payton had with a fake punt in his own end down 14 nothing. And I and I would agree. That's the attitude McVay took, even at the end of the game, with that incredible call of Jared Goff running. Jared Goff, who looks like a like a awkward zebra running. Does he not not a zebra, a giraffe. Sorry, a giraffe. I'm messing up my now safari. on the endangered species list. <laughs> so they, yeah, <laughs> let's let's do a little better with the giraffes, oh, people. No, no but even even in that situation. If the Cowboys can stop the Rams on the one-yard line, do you really trust Dak and Zeke, who haven't been moving the ball that much, add all that day to go 99 yards mm-hmm. to tie the game up and then still give Jared Goff enough time to hopefully get a field goal? Mm-hmm. Well, let's put a bow on this real quick. We've talked about at the top of the podcast, we've talked about all year long. 
offense, offense, offense. And if that is the case, if it is really hard to play defense in the NFL in 2019, to me, that is even more of an argument to go for it on fourth down. The offense rules the day, aggression rules the day, and novelty rules the day. I mean, that's that's why I love Sean. That's why Sean McVay is so beloved. It's not even just a me thing, right? Like, we, it's become almost a meme, a joke that, oh, if you if you're ever been in the same room with someone who once passed through where Sean McVay once walked, maybe you can be an NFL head coach. But like, again, innovative offense, like approaching the NFL as, as trite as this is, like you're playing Madden football. That's what wins the day in 2019. All right, let's uh, wrap it up with a trend. I know you guys love trends on Jared Goff. I, I don't know where I found some of these trends. Guys send me weird stuff. Versus Super Bowl winning quarterbacks. <laughs> Whatever that's worth. Jared Goff, six and six straight up, only three and nine against the spread. Of course, Drew Brees has won a Super Bowl. They will square off again. Brees, six and oh, straight up at home in the playoffs under Sean Payton. Uh, do you have an early lean Ram Saints? I think this is a fascinating game. I'm surprised it opened three and a half. I don't think that's going to last all week. And that is my early lean against the spread is Rams because of that hook. Uh, that said, I don't feel very confident in that. I kind of feel like I might talk myself into Saints. Why is Vegas giving you the hook? Because it brings you back. No, um, <laughs> blue traveler. Blue yeah, topical. Uh, I. It, very simple. I think the Saints are viewed as a better team than just being a field goal favorite against against the Rams. I think because the Rams haven't always played up to the level of their their potential this season whereas the saints outside of maybe that cowboys game and a couple of struggles you know in weeks 12 and 13 they've really looked like a juggernaut uh, i mean who's gonna stop mike todd Gurley. i don't know if he's 100 percent. two targets in the past game for three yards very odd now he had a good game running the football he had that nice touchdown run cj anderson and todd Gurley versus mark ingram and Alvin Kamara. This is a fun game. I'm very excited for it. All right, let's wrap up the uh, divisional weekend games. Um, I don't know. <laughs> Chiefs? Uh, Colts? This, this game was a snoozer. This felt sort of like Patriots Chargers, right? Within the first five minutes, you knew it was done. And I'm kind of glad, guys, that it was over early. Um, the Chiefs had 24 points before the Colts had a first down. Um... My son had a basketball game. I know you guys are waiting for the for the basketball update. Uh, my daughter's game was canceled due to rain. Yes, they play outdoors here in L.A. My son's game, bit of a bloodbath. I think we won 38-10. to 10. Um, The other team scored a bucket early. You guys are going to love this. Um, and it was a small guy. And I said to my son, Bryce, I want you to just follow that guy around. Don't let him score. The kid didn't score again. So my son, and I posted a little nerdy video on Instagram and the stories um, of my son just ripping the ball out of his hands. I was so proud. You guys don't know the feeling. These two guys here are too young. They don't have kids, I don't think. Uh, but uh, you don't know the feeling of joy when your kids are playing sports. Yeah, but I had your boys at minus 28 and a half. So. <laughs> uh, and I, this is so lame of me. And we'll get back to football in about eight seconds. I emailed the commissioner. I'm like, so who are the good teams in this league? I know the guy. You know, we know each other a little bit. I'm like, because we're just killing So you teams. could trade for their players. Yeah. And it, listen, it's so lopsided that there's about six of maybe 14 teams that are good. He's already looking into a six-team round-robin tournament at the end of the season because there's just not that many good teams. Anyways, back to Colts-Chiefs. Um, 
I have one interesting takeaway, but I want to quickly talk about Damian Williams, okay? The Chiefs running back who shredded the number four football outsiders run defense. Number four for a buck 29. By the way, did you see his cut inside the 10? Oh, yeah. Oh, that was sick. And uh, it was against backup safeties, by the way. Uh, Travis Kelsey absolutely dominated. But Damian Williams is an interesting story. Before December, I don't think anybody knew this guy's name. I had to look him up. He opened the season third on the depth chart behind Kareem Hunt and Spencer Ware. So I'm like, oh, Damian Williams went to Oklahoma. How did I not know him? Uh, so he was kicked off the Sooners team. You, uh, Conrad's laughing here. Alleged multiple failed drug tests. So Andy Reid loves a good rehab. Tyreek Hill, we've been through his story. Uh, Kareem Hunt, I don't know, it was a rehab, but geez, we know how he ended. And now he, Damian Williams, who was a total nobody. I mean, he was in Miami for a few years after the Sooners kicked him off the team. He was with the Dolphins, undrafted. August, third string. In December, he signed a two-year, $8 million extension. That's pretty damn good. And he carved up the Colts. 129 yards. I think he may have some success against the Patriots. We'll see. He's a good-looking back. Uh, I have one other thought, but it's very obscure. Lynch, I'll go. I'll throw it to you. What happened to Andrew Luck and the Colts? That is a really good question. I mean, Andrew Luck didn't throw for a first down until the Colts were down twenty-four to seven. I mean, that that alone is just mind-boggling. <clears throat> to me, this game was less about the Colts. It was about the Colts. But in a way that reflected on the Chiefs, I was impressed with how self-aware, for lack of a better term, the Chiefs were. The Chiefs know their weaknesses. They know that the Colts were going to come out and try to just run the ball down their throat. Yeah. And they schemed appropriately. Now, it's it's a lot harder to execute than it is to scheme. But shout out to the Chiefs. like They weren't going to let the Colts take advantage of their weakness. And it really showed. Yeah. And as soon as they started to bottle up that indie run game... They then just turned their attention mm -hmm. to Andrew Luck and got after him time and time again. I I was just thoroughly, thoroughly impressed with this Chiefs team on the defensive side of the ball. Is that an outlier? There's a really good shot. I, you know, it's this Chiefs team does play much better defensively at home. The thing that I keep coming back to is even with all the improvement, which we touched on earlier in the podcast, the Chiefs were second in variance in their defensive performance this season. They were very feast or famine, and I think we saw that this weekend with a team that was you know, mm. much maligned on defense and came in and played like they were the, the friggin' Ravens. It was incredible. Um, can they keep it up? Again, with those variance numbers, it's tough to project, but I do kind of like this Kansas City defense at home. Um, obviously, there are no NBA-NFL parallels. I do want to note, Lynch, in the... NBA Conference Championships. The Cavs won Game Seven in Baltimore. Uh, I'm sorry, in Boston. Uh, Warriors won Game Seven in Houston. We're setting up where is anybody going to be shocked if the Patriots win in KC or the Rams win in New Orleans? I, I we make some good points here. Uh, we try. I, I don't know, Lynch. Are we overrating the Chiefs for curb stomping the Colts? Who? Uh, let's be honest. They did nothing offensively. They were a team that we alluded to had not played any good quarterbacks, and uh, you know they got a they got kind of exposed outside the dome. They, uh, you, I would have to say the Chiefs beat the weakest team in this round. Would we? Agree? I would agree. I okay. would agree. Um, yeah, a lot of those concerns that we were we expressed on Thursday definitely came to pass uh, with the Chiefs this weekend. That said, 
if we are overrating the Chiefs, I think it is on the defensive side of the ball. Because, listen, Patrick Mahomes, we introduced DYAR as a stat last week. Patrick Mahomes of the eight quarterbacks this weekend had the second worst performance by DYAR. Mostly because of the four sacks and he didn't throw throw a touchdown. Didn't throw a touchdown. Um, But by total, by DVOA, I mean, for the entire season, the Chiefs had the best passing offense in the NFL, and they almost doubled the DVOA of the second-place Rams. Like, this huh. pass offense, especially with Sammy Watkins back, like, uh, they're they're an absolute juggernaut. Yeah, it's weird that the stats... Oh, Conrad, let me, let me toss something. I'll get it to you in a sec. One note, Lynch, let's file this away. So the Chiefs had the punt blocked for a touchdown, Okay. The Patriots, and I know this because I bet on on or against them in both times it happened. The Patriots blocked two punts this year, tied for the league lead. One against Chicago, one against Miami. Um, I just that scared me. When you if you get a, a punt blocked is one of those things in a playoff game that's huge and game changing. You don't expect that to happen. I, you know, I don't know if the Chiefs' special teams is bad. We know Tyreek Hill's a great returner, but that is something to watch if you're looking for a, an X factor, if you will. Uh, punt, punt situations. Rams block two punts in the regular season. Patriots block two. Saints block two. Three of those four teams are playing this weekend. One note that I have that I don't think a ton of people are talking about. You can go back. There's plenty of articles from October about it. The Colts all year had problems dropping easy passes. Oh, right. And this was something that was really prevalent in this game. I, it seemed like every single short yardage pass, Ebron was just Ebron. letting slip through his hands. Detroit Ebron. Yeah, and it was kind of mind-boggling to see. I mean, Andrew Luck on the day 19 for 36, I think the, the Colts had probably seven to nine drops. I mean, just hit him right in the hands, and then they just drop it. I mean, even to, uh, later on in the game, I know I was complaining about my teaser earlier. But there was two touchdown catches in the end zone for the Colts wide open at the end of the game to get me within 12. Both of them went right through the hands. Add your, uh, you're still a little salty about a teaser defeat uh, thanks to Andrew Luck giving up. You want to? Yeah, yeah. At the end of the game, I, I don't. Uh, maybe I don't, there's I, other people out there like you, but well, you know what though? I mean, if you're a competitor, like a real, real competitor, you don't want to get beat by 20 points. And then you're on the six yard line at the end of it. He just kind of was like, you know what? That's it. Boom! I'm done. Great game, you guys. And it kind of just. For for a gambler in me, it was like when Todd Gurley fell on the one yard line. You just go, man, oh. what are you what are you doing, man? Yeah. Uh, all right, so we move on. We got four game, four teams left, two football games left, three for the full season. Goodness gracious! This weekend, Rams at Saints. I'm looking at the board right now. Uh, Saints by three and a half. However, at the MGM, it's three and a half even. So I would assume, as Lynch alluded to, we're starting to see a little bit of Rams money. If the three and a half's there, you got to grab it. On in the other game, Patriots, Chiefs. Chiefs are a solid negative three, but at CG Technology, it's minus three, minus one hundred five. So it looks and like even some, at stations. Oh, at stations as well. Yes. So uh, early Patriots money. My, let's guess, Lynch, since the public got destroyed this past weekend and we said the professionals are not really in on this, do you have any thoughts as to where the public is going to come in championship weekend? Ooh, that's a good question. Uh, I think the public probably comes in on the Rams to start, given that we're at plus three and a half there, and I think we're already seeing that. Uh, you know... I would guess that the public is going to be on the Patriots as the underdog. I agree. Um, that said, 
I could see there being a kind of a Patrick Mahomes groundswell and, and people really wanting to, to bet on this elite Chiefs offense. So um, if it comes down to two and a half in Kansas City, oh, got to take the got to take that. I, I don't know if we're going to get there. Um, but yeah, I think early in the week in particular, I, I feel pretty good about the public coming in on the Rams. Uh, a little more skeptical, but I would guess that they're going to lean Patriots. I, I'm in agreement with you. And, uh, you know, we do want to close out the podcast in a couple minutes here. But first off, Lynch, let's quickly go through the New England Patriots on the road this season. Okay, let's start early. At Jacksonville, lost by 11. Jacksonville was terrible this year. At Detroit. Now, this is September. I know. No uh, Edelman. Right at Detroit, 26-10, got destroyed. Carry on Johnson at a game, okay? At Chicago, I was on the Bears. Patriots won 38-31. They had two special teams touchdowns. Corderell Patterson took a kickback and the punt block. At Buffalo, won 25-6. That was a Monday night game. They needed a pick six to ensure the cover late. At Tennessee, Lynch. You're shaking your head. Because uh, it's one of the most mind-blowing results of the season to me. 34-10. That was a revenge game beatdown uh, by the Titans over the Patriots. At the New York Jets, Patriots cover 27-13. Do you remember that? The Jets were inside the five trying to get a touchdown and, and failed on fourth down, or they would have covered. Uh, Miami, of course, the Miami Miracle. Now, somebody mentioned this to me that the only reason this game's in Kansas City is because of the Miami Miracle. I, I haven't fact-checked that. I don't, maybe, Conrad, maybe you can look that up. But the Kenyon Drake lateral play where he scored in early December, Dolphins win at home over the Patriots. And then, of course, at Pittsburgh, Patriots lose 17-10. Tom looked very ordinary there. Again, it's early in the week. I'm not going out with any picks. Last week I came on. I said I made one bet. It was the Chargers. Blew up in my face. No more Monday bets, folks. I'm not doing it. And just real quick, to, that that is true on the Miami Miracle. Both teams would have finished 12-4, and four and the Patriots have the head-to-head tiebreaker. So Miami Miracle. So listen, if the Chiefs go to the Super Bowl, somebody got to thank Kenyon Drake. Adam Gaze, who was announced today as the Jets coach. Somebody's got to thank them. But just for the record, New England Patriots, 3-5, and five, Away from home this year, three and five. Lynch, again, it's early. Your thoughts on them three and five away from home? Well, the, by, by the way, Rams six and two, but their road schedule much easier, having to face jokers like the Cardinals and uh, 49ers with the backup quarterback. Yeah, I, I, it really is. A lot of these numbers, when we've been talking about the Patriots perhaps not being as good as they've been in years past really does come down to that road split. It's uh, like Tom Brady's leaning into the Ben Roethlisberger phase of his career where he just is so much better at home than on the road. It's the reason that I'm leaning toward the Chiefs and I'm leaning mm. toward the favorite in that game. Also, real quick, while we're here, I think it's kind of funny. Both games, over, under, 57. Really? Uh, yes, sir. Um, I'll now piggyback with a question for you. Which of those games do you think is more likely to go over? I'm, I'm actually going to lean both going under. Interesting. Well, now I have to look up what that parlay would be. You know, I, I got to look this up, but I thought there was some kind of stat where if the total was over either 57 or 58, that it hit under like 60% of the time this year. I'm going to have to dig into that. Um, Plus I, 264 if you parlay both unders. I like that. I, I firmly believe this C.J. Anderson thing is not just a Dallas scheme situation. They just destroyed the number four football outsiders run defense. Or number five. Uh, Colts were four. 
CJ Anderson, Todd Gurley, you play keep away from uh, Drew Brees. That's your best chance. Okay, the Eagles could not do that, right? You said Doug Peterson went conservative, and it didn't work because they couldn't run with Wendell Smallwood and 35-year-old Darren Sproles. Rams come in here, two tight end sets. Ah. All right, last question as we wrap up the podcast. If you're leaning to an underdog, Lynch, do you lean Rams or do you lean Patriots? Rams. Again, because of that three and a half and, and because of all those points okay. you just made, I, I think the Rams have a better shot of keeping the ball out of Drew Brees' hands than the Patriots do of keeping the ball out of Patrick Mahomes' hands. But I am a big Sony Michelle guy. Um, I, I'll just be kind of trite as we pack up here. I cannot wait for this weekend of yeah. football. This is going to be too, assuming they live up to expectations, like this is going to be two outstanding games. I oh, can't Con- wait. Conrad, if you were to pick an underdog this weekend, Rams or Patriots, who is your lean to? Who has five Super Bowl rings? Well, it certainly is not Mr. McVay and Mr. Goff. Does anyone have five Super Bowl rings other than Tom Brady? Oh, I know God. it has to be Tom Brady. Oh. I mean, come on. Pat Mahomes, first ever snow game last week. He looked great. But it was still probably, what was it? It was like the, the 30s, probably mid-20s. Now we're talking about single digits. Give me Tom Brady. Give me that cold weather if I had to pick a dog in the situation. I'll probably end up rolling with the Patriots because why not? I mean, when Tom Brady gets in these situations, very rarely does he not come through. All right, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Another Monday podcast in the books. Patriots, Chiefs, Rams, Saints, do your homework this week. We will be back Thursday. Maybe it'll stop raining out here in L.A. For Andrew Lynch, I am Jason McIntyre. We'll talk to you then.